Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Well, the second to start. Alan Keegan starts talking because Watford are bringing on a sub. This is the first podcast we've done since Leeds, and I've invited people to send questions in because fans still can't come to matches. We can't do the podcasts normally like we've been able to do, and it's a pretty difficult situation. Cannot pretend otherwise. United's form has been good, and United are currently on equal points with Liverpool at the top of the league with a game in hand. Who could have seen that? After Tottenham scored six at Old Trafford. So I wanted to start the podcast here while the game's on, just so you can sort of hear... You can hear the shouts of all the players and... Just not the same. It's not the same, and it's starting to weigh a little bit now. And football is still being played. This isn't the best game ever. There's a much changed United side. It was always going to be against Watford, or a Championship team. And Watford started slowly, but I've got stronger. Hopefully, you know, we'll go through the next round of the cups. 15 minutes of this game left, and that comes at the end of a week where United went out of another semi-final to City which was obviously disappointing City yeah, they had the edge Ruben Diaz was man of the match he was a Benfica defender United watched decided not to go for him uh, United had gone for his predecessor at Benfica Victor Lindelof and United just didn't have players uh, of the quality on, on the night of uh, Fernandinho uh, here Nemanja uh, Matic is about to come on so Oli's been pretty lucky with with injuries and there's been very few and United haven't been afflicted by Covid like lots of other teams so last night I was at Villa Park watching their not even under 23s it was like under 18s including a 16 year old lose against Liverpool and United's league form has been has been exceptional let's get into the position that United are in still don't think United will win the league but I'm really enjoying this title race enjoying seeing rivals drop points celebrating it <laughs> and it's been a while hasn't it since we had a, a, a title race but form which needed to improve uh, was at Old Trafford and it has done so if United win here that will be uh, another win following wins against Villa last game Wolves the six against Leeds where we did the last podcast and so that's been the difference new way forms remain good and we know that there's that big game against Liverpool coming up and the last place where United lost an away game was at Liverpool almost a year ago it's an incredible away record and brilliant credit to everybody for, for doing that but we know expectations are high and United got the game at Burnley United should, should, should be going into the next round of the FA Cup. Players tonight have had chances who've needed them. Mason Greenwood, pretty disappointing. Donny van der Beek, stable in the middle, tidy footballer. Didn't really sign to play against championship sides in the FA Cup. You can see the people behind me. There's a, a few few commentators. There's subs from either team. 
Jesse Lingard's coming off the pitch. Jesse is um, someone who should be playing football. It's not going to happen at United. Uh, Ollie likes him, but he needs to be playing football. The problem for him is, if you're not playing football, there's not going to be a rush of people to want to sign you. And his wages, his wages are too high. So there's got to be a compromise somewhere. In uh, No club's going to pay his full wages if he's going to go on loan. Not going to sign him because there's no money around at the moment. Uh, and United's perspective is we're not letting him go where a club is barely contributing anything. Because if you don't contribute much, then you don't value the player and you're not going to give him the minutes which we want our loan players to get. So will a compromise be met? I don't know. I don't know on that one, but that's both sides of the argument. I know that Jesse's... Uh, He's no longer with Mino Raiola and he's, he's got one or two people um, working on behalf of him. So hopefully he'll get a move. He's, he should be a footballer in his prime. It's Marcus Rashford. He's come on and brightened United's attack up, which was a bit flat. And, uh, he's fast, had a shot, pretty weak shot in the end, but you can see the class with someone like Rashford coming on. And Rashford absolutely wants to play in every game I like that about him goes to the manager wants to play wants to score addicted to Man United not a bad thing United through to the fourth round of the FA Cup and we can hear glory glory Man United and I'm with Ben Fornley and he's going to sing the song for me <laughs> I think it's a little bit early for that yet mate I do honestly it's um, it was a it was a bit of a after the first 20 minutes it was a bit of a flat performance I thought you know there were, there were players out there that were obviously giving the opportunity tonight and I, and I don't think in the immediate future anyway that it's going to give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer too many headaches for, for forthcoming matches but the most important thing is Monday night United are in the hat for the fourth and fifth round so a bright start with Scott's early goal but pretty substandard after that and, and Watford threatened didn't they? I think they did I think you know Teams, when they come here, especially from lower divisions and they're not expecting to see a lot of the ball, they are going to rely on, on, on corners and set pieces. And I just thought that the, the more that United gave away in the, sort of the, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes of the first half, the more they sort of grew in confidence. And yeah, Dean Henderson didn't have hardly any saves to make, but United did just keep chipping away at him around the edge of the box and, and, and giving free kicks away, giving corners away. And while the, while the game's only at 1-0, you know, it only takes a, you know, a little deflection to fall correctly at somebody's feet. And before you know it, you could be either knocked out or certainly into extra time that with a game on Tuesday, you can well do without. You played as a winger, Ben. Can I ask you about Dan James and Mason Greenwood, who, who were, were playing wide tonight? Yeah. It wasn't the best game for either of them. What have they got to do to, to improve? Well, I, I think, for me, uh, Mason Greenwood probably prefers to play down the middle, but because of Jesse Lingard and because of one matter tonight, that wasn't going to be the, the issue. Uh, obviously, Mason's going through a little bit of a spell at the moment where he's not scoring goals, he needs to find his way into games, he needs to get back to the player that we saw breaking through. I think with Dan James, it, it's a little bit different. He, he, he obviously came into the club, he was asked to play a lot of football in a short space of time. Um, this year, he's been used more sparingly. Um, and you 
you, you just want him when he gets into those positions and he can get into those positions because of his pace as well that w- when he does get to the byline he has a little bit more composure and he get, he lifts his head a little bit more in able to you know pick people out I think Dan James actually is better when he, he, he's under a little bit of pressure and he has to move the ball quickly and get the ball into area he actually does then perform and put in good crosses it's when he's got the time and he gets to the byline that he just tends to 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 more often than not at the moment choose the wrong option another player I wanted to ask you about was Donny van der Beek is United fans are wondering why is he not playing more he's a tidy player he doesn't lose the ball a lot but let's be honest he didn't sign to play against championship sides in in, in the FA Cup what do you see that he can bring to, to the team he's a from what I've seen so far, he's a very intelligent player. He's one of these players that he knows what he's going to do the ball with the ball before it comes to him. He's got a tidy touch. He can take the ball in small spaces. A typical product of an Ajax youth system as well and the way that they play. And he will be somebody that I feel will develop into his role at Manchester United, whether that is a role playing just in front of the back four or whether it's a role playing just behind the, 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 you know, the sort of front two or front three. But a very, very tidy footballer, doesn't waste a lot of passes, um, didn't, must admit, didn't really shine tonight in a, in a game where nobody really shone in a, in a red shirt. But his opportunities will definitely come. And, and from what I've seen so far, he's, um, he, he's going to be a very, very useful acquisition. We're being too serious here, Ben. Let's line up a bit. Okay. Right. What, what do you know about Watford's manager? He played, did he play for Valencia? Yeah, he did. Ah, there yeah. you go then. He's, okay. from, he's from Manacor in Mallorca. What do you know about Manacor in Mallorca? Absolutely nothing. Have you ever been to Mallorca? Yeah, I have loads of times. Where to? Uh, BCMs. In Magaluf? Yeah. Don't know where this conversation's going here <laughs> now. But I've asked you because I put a tweet out earlier. It's a random one. Rafa Nadal is from um, Manacor, the little town. So is Miguel Angel Nadal, the old beast of Barcelona. Yeah. So is Albert Riera. Yeah. And uh, a lad I know very well, Arnau Riera, is also from there. And he's the only man in the world who's been Lionel Messi's captain for Barca, but he's also sold United We Stand fanzine on the Stratford End Bridge. And I got to know Arnau because he wanted to learn English and I wanted to improve my Spanish. So he started coming over to Manchester and he's a great lad. And he ended up saying, I want to play in England. So we got him a move to Sunderland and then Falkirk, where he became a little bit of a, of a cult hero. So then he invited us over to Mallorca to these mad festivals that they had going on there, but never went to BCM no, in Magaluf. BCM's covered in foam. Can't beat it. Um, look at you, you don't want to go in this conversation here <laughs> anymore. <laughs> What's the worst thing you ever did in Magaluf, Ben? No, <laughs> I'm joking. No, You're pretty sensible, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, for the days where we could go out and go on normal holidays and stuff like that. I know. Um, Pray for it again. The, the, obviously, Burnley this week's a big is, is a big game. United's record at Turf Moor is actually very good. It's more worrying at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. And then Liverpool at the weekend. Can you see United getting a result at Anfield? I can. I certainly can. Um, if nothing else, their away form has been exceptionally good. Um, they won't want in the back of their minds that the last time they lost an away league fixture was in January to Liverpool. I know, I know. So Have it, you ever played Anfield? I never... No, I played against Liverpool here... Did you? ...when Michael Owen got sent off. Did you? Yeah. But Did you ne- start or you come on? No, I came on, I think, at half-time. But um, I never played at Anfield. But, yeah, I mean, listen, let's forget about Liverpool for the time being. Burnley, 
because you know they've been they've they've had a little bit of resurgence. That, you know, people thought they were dead and buried not too long ago, and they've come out and they've got a couple of results. It's never an easy place to go because of the way Sean Dyche lines his teams up. It'll be cold and all. If United win at Anfield, because there's no fans there, there's no away end there. You're going to be one of the few United fans there. I know. Would you be prepared to run on the pitch and celebrate a late United winner? Obviously, you'd lose your job. Yeah, that'd be, but that'd you, be a you, start. You'd become an hero. And uh, I reckon we could crowdfund you enough money until your retirement. You're 45, so what, 20 years' worth of money? Ben, <sighs> Ben. If I could see it up front, then it, it might be... Do you know what? It, would it you might do just it? be worth it. You'd definitely get sacked for that, wouldn't you? If I was 64 yeah. and I could still run, I would definitely do it then. So if Corona's still going on then... <laughs> and, but, no, I'd you, do it in front of a full crowd, not a problem. But imagine next week United get a winner. You're not going to be able to keep that in. No, no, no. I won't be... Obviously, I won't run on the pitch because I'll be a long way from the pitch, but I will certainly be up celebrating. I don't care how many people are there that are... Ever Liverpool persuasion. Would you run on a pitch for a million quid? Yeah, that should just keep me going for six. Yeah, have you got that? A, mi- a million have quid. You got that? A million quid. And if United get the. Yeah, I- I'd probably have to think about it. I'd have to think <laughs> about brilliant. it. Brilliant. Paid up front, there in a, in a holding in account, <laughs> and you've got a run on. I, I-, I would definitely. You'd have be to a hero. Be- oh. You'd be a bigger hero than the goal scorer. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like him that got on all them photographs in... Uh, Carl abroad. Power. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Power. I was in Munich and um, about 30 metres from him and didn't even notice. Oh. But then again, the players in the players, pitch didn't no, even notice. No, I know. I know, it was fantastic. Andy Cole put his arm around him. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, Ben. Thanks no for your time. No problem, mate. Anytime, Andrew. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Why do you need a VPN? Well... Internet service providers like BT or Sky know every single website you visit. ISPs in the UK are required by law to store all of your metadata from the last year. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity cannot be seen by anyone. It's as easy as closing the bathroom door. You can fire up the app and click in just one button. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired and The Verge. It works on phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I've been using ExpressVPN, spot on. No complaints from me. Secure your online activity by visiting ExpressVPN dot com slash united today that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n dot com forward slash united and you can get an extra three months for free expressvpn.com forward slash united just popped into a previous guest on this united we stand podcast uh, jamie from crosby he's come to watch his local team marine play we're going to talk about man united liverpool at the weekend it's shaping up firstly second I wouldn't have had that at the start of the season. I would have had Liverpool up there, but Manchester United have been a surprise even to United fans. To you? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is that Liverpool and City have dropped off in terms of the points that they're going to get, whether that's, 
natural that it's it's impossible to keep doing that year in year out or it's to do with how the season is or you know obviously the situation we're all in but I think Manchester United have been steady where they've been the last couple of years uh, in terms of points wise I think you know last season they finished third I'm not sure the actual points total but the points total they got probably would not be too far away from the title now maybe a little bit more uh, really so the other two have dropped off but I uh, I think United have been so inconsistent at times this year in, in terms of sort of going from one extreme to another almost in in the same game obviously we speak I speak to Gary a lot about that and uh, we do Monday Night Football and different things but they've been a great watch this year Manchester United very exciting uh, Why? What, what makes United exciting? Because they're getting beat 2-0 and then they come back 3-2 in the second half and it's uh, I thought it's, it's exciting for maybe not Manchester United fans as such when they're actually watching but for the neutral and I wouldn't class myself as a neutral so it wouldn't be, hasn't been that exciting for me uh, the amount of times they've come back in the second half but it's been a bit of a you know a, a strange season really, and then you know they are where they are. Uh, obviously, gone up the Champions League, but you know they're uh, in a great position in the league, and I, I think they've got a lot of players who can score goals in the team, which is the one thing that worries me from a Liverpool point of view. Which United players have impressed you this season? <clears throat> well, I'm a massive fan of Fernandes. That's obvious. I think he's, he's you know completely sort of changed the team in some ways when he came in halfway through the season. If you look at Manchester United's calendar year. I think they are as good as maybe Liverpool or City. There's not much in it. I'm a huge fan of Rashford. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not talking about his off the field stuff. I'm talking about actually as a player. I think that's maybe sometimes gets forgotten because he's, he's done so well off the pitch. But I think he's a super player. Uh, I think the one problem United have got at the moment, a slight one, just watching them of late, is the fact that obviously the manager's trying to get Pogba. I think on the left side. I'm not quite sure Rashford on the right. He just seems perfectly suited to that left side for me. And I think his level this season, or you know, is you know getting close. I'd, I'd still choose sort of Manny and Sterling, just having the edge on him, and maybe Son. But I think he's—it's almost like a foursome that now. I think we've got four of the best left-sided attackers in uh, in European football in the Premier League right now, and he's certainly part of that. And why are Liverpool been dropping so many points? People keep talking about the front three and the firepower, but it hasn't quite been there this season. You know, but you look at it, most Salah's the top scorer, and Liverpool are top scorers, I think, uh, this season, uh, really. But in certain games, actually watching the games, and thinking, I'm not sure they're going to score when teams drop back and sit off. Uh, and there's not, besides Mane and Salah, I sometimes look at the team and think, where's a goal going to come from? Even losing Van Dijk, and we talk about defensively, but he was always a big threat from set pieces as well. Midfield doesn't offer too many goals, and Firmino's dropped off goals-wise as well. Even though he's never been a great goal scorer, so I think a few of them things put together. But what Liverpool have done is they've been outstanding in the big games, and not just by winning them, but their actual performance. They've looked really a level above, and they've played, you know, away Chelsea, home to Tottenham, home to Arsenal at the start of the season. Away at Everton's a big game for, for Liverpool. So in all the big games, away at City as well to be fair, certainly in that first half, they look like they're going to run away with it. So. I think when anyone tries to match them or play, you know, 11 v 11 or not sit off as such, the, uh, it plays their strengths in some ways. And I think Manchester United will have a go. You know, you know the Manchester United come to Anfield and all they've had the, uh, the Jose times in the past where they come and just park the bus. But, you know, I don't expect that from Oli. When I've watched Liverpool recently and I found myself watching them more because they've been dropping points. So when West Brom got the equaliser at Anfield, I went up off my sofa. When Southampton went ahead, I thought, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying a title race. As a Manchester United fan, I've not had that feeling for eight years. What has it been like for you watching Man United go behind against West Ham 
and then come back and win. Go behind away at Southampton and then come back and win. Oh, it's torture. You know what it's like when your rival's doing that and you get excited. Describe the torture in great detail. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Southampton, you're sort of getting used to it now. It's almost like the old days when you, 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 you sort of... You, you wind yourself up and give yourself a rack, uh, you know, a whack on the knuckles because... Uh, you can start getting too excited and before the final whistle's blew and that's the big problem uh, and they've come on back but I mean at this moment everyone always says you know United aren't as good and then you know, they can't win the league and you know Liverpool are enjoying what's going on at the moment but I actually look at United squads of players it's a, it's a top squad okay? you know people tell me it's not but no I mean you can talk about other things but you know they spend the most money the most windows so no one can tell me Man United they haven't got a, you know, a really good squad of players uh, really and, and sooner or later it will click and, and at this moment in the last certainly six to eight weeks it has clicked. Finally, do you rate Oli as a manager? Do you think he's doing a good job? I think he's doing a good job, yes. Uh, do I think he's the manager for Manchester United to, to, to match what Liverpool and City got? No. I don't think it's, it's wrong to say that. Uh, he obviously got the job in certain circumstances. Probably in some ways similar to Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard got his job on the back of Chelsea having a transfer ban and couldn't, you know, using the academy and that type of thing. Oli got on the back of obviously Jose, someone come in to steady the ship, make everyone feel, you know, good. Manchester United legend. But he did that well to start with, he had to give him the job. But you can't say Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is, you know, up there with the, the top managers in, in world football. You know, because even he wouldn't say that, but that, that's not his fault. He can only come in and do the job he's done. And up to now, I think he's, he's done a good job, but obviously. At the top clubs, you need to do a great job, and that, and that remains to be seen in the next possibly 18 months, and then it will be decided whether he either stays, I suppose, or moves on, and that'll depend on whether he wins trophies in that time. Thanks for your time. Happy New Year from our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and it's here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. So, in 2021, I am told by people who know these things that hairy nuts are still gross. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a New Year's resolution that you actually want to keep. And I've, got, I've received this, the Perfect Package 3.0 is below the waist grooming package that you need to start off strong this year. Uh, it includes, well, the boxers are really smart, I've got to say that. And what we'll also find in there is the lawnmower. This is a waterproof and skin-safe trimmer, which will reduce nicks to your two best friends. And it's also time to freshen up down there in the new year with the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chaffing ball deodorant and moisturiser. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. What else have we got in the Perfect Package 3.0? There's a cologne, or aftershave as we call it, and it complements the collection perfectly. Think of it as your wingman for the night. And there's a shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. So you've got the boxers, which I've told you about, which are smart and all the other stuff. Anyway, have a look online and you get 20% off with free shipping if you use the code UNITED. So go to manscaped.com uh, That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com and the 
code is United. Have a look, some really good stuff on there. Trust me, your balls will thank you. So this is another part of the podcast and I've invited readers in to send questions in um, to myself. Um, we've not got people at matches. It's pretty difficult doing the podcast on the ground at the moment. So it was good to run into Jamie Carragher at Marine and a day later Manchester United drew Liverpool in the FA Cup at Old Trafford. My first reaction was, oh no, if I'm honest, and that's because... Uh, Liverpool are the champions, they're a very good team, uh, but if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. I'm not sure United are at that level yet, but we're going to find out very, very soon with Sunday's game at Anfield and then the FA Cup match. Uh, I don't know, I'd accept a draw at Anfield, but (laughs) what I'd accept means absolutely nothing and I think any team that goes out trying to get a draw... He's probably risking it too much. Rather than just have my voice on here, I'm going to ask my daughters to help out with some of the questions because I think it's stupid just to for me to ask questions and and answer them. So, are you going to introduce yourself, you two? They've got up, they've got up really early before school to do this, and they've never done this before. Hi, I'm Olivia. Hi, I'm Clara. All right, are you both United fans? Before we. Agree to do this. Yeah. Which Manchester, which United team do you support? Manchester, Manchester United. United. Who's your favourite player? Daddy. Pogba. Rashford. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, you can take Pogba and Rashford. Daddy. Yeah. All right, love. No problem. How much do you want paying for this? No one's ever said that to me before. I'm not going to correct you. You think Daddy plays for Manchester United? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Right. Olivia, you're going to ask the, the questions. Okay. I and now we're going to sing. Do you want to sing? Yeah. All right. Okay, first one from Bandit Nana. How, how do fish end up in lakes and ponds? How do fish end up in lakes and ponds? <coughs> this is United We Stand, isn't it? I haven't got a clue how fish end up in lakes and ponds. Um... <laughs> How do fish end up in lakes and ponds? <laughs> Someone smarter than me needs to answer this. Right, next one from Baldulant. Which one? <laughs> Who picks up guide dog's poo? Who picks up guide dog's poo? Again, um, this is a football podcast and it will... I don't know. don't know the answer. Next one from... It's like, how does the, snow, the man who drives a snowplough get to work, isn't it? If uh, any snowplough drivers listen to this podcast, please let us know the answer to that one. This is this one from McMoomins. How do you beat Goro on Mortal Kombat? I don't even know what Goro is. I think Mortal Kombat's a computer <laughs> game. And um, McMoomins, who asked the question, plays a lot of computer <laughs> games. About seven hours a day. Not seven. What, 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 what does that mean? I'm talking about someone else. I'm not talking about you. Okay, I've already said you. <laughs> you don't even play games. Right, let's see what else we've got. What role will Darren Fletcher play in the backroom team? Right, so Darren Fletcher, um, I had a good chat with him on Saturday um, before um, 
at half-time in the Watford game and he sat at the back of the stand observing uh, tactically what United and Watford were doing. I think he speaks well, I think he reads football well, I think it's a good appointment. Uh, he's lived locally, he's done all his badges, he needed a couple, a year or so out while he got his head together after finishing playing at Stoke because I think he missed playing football after doing it for so long. And I've spoke to enough people about Darren Fletcher who played with him to get plenty of positives about what he's like. Um, he, he can be vocal, he's sure of... He's, he's a football addict, basically. And we were speaking about things like the new stand at Anfield. And he's just... He's, he's give us probably the second best interview we ever did for United We Stand... Uh, I can remember him subscribing to 442 magazine and maybe Anderson didn't do that, for example. So Darren's definitely um, got got talent. Uh, hopefully he will bring that into the job that he's doing. Added to the first team staff with um, Mark Dempsey, not working with the first team anymore. And hopefully it'll be a good appointment. Mm. I think tactics are, are his strength. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he'll going to be doing on the training ground I don't think he's quite sure at the moment but I think he'll he'll, he'll fit into it a little bit different to Carlos Quieros when he arrived on his first day and Sir Alex Ferguson just said to him right get on with it you don't what just get on with it you're taking training what today no every day and Carlos said he felt like he'd been handed the, key, the keys to a Ferrari never worked with players with such high technical ability before, but he he bricked himself on the first day because he'd not planned a training session. He thought he'd be going in and having a coffee with the manager. Uh, next question from Sandman. <clears throat> How much longer can non-league clubs survive in the current climate? Non-league clubs, uh, it's a struggle, um, but only once my knowledge has gone has gone under. And that's Droylsden, which is very sad because it's a, a club we were playing the fifth tier not so long ago. And Dave Pace built up a really good ground for Droylsden in East Manchester and put, he put his life into it. And now they're no more and there's this really nice ground there with a, a, good, um, a really good clubhouse. For other clubs, I speak to quite a few of them. Marine will be the exception now because they've made hundreds of thousands from the cup tag. With other clubs, if they're, and this is getting a bit technical now, but if their players were legitimate and paying tax on their wages, they can and are, doing, are claiming furlough. So up to level, down to level seven all games are being played. And then below that, at Trafford, for example, who might have a wage bill of a grand or 1,500 quid a week in total, but they'd pay the taxes on that. They are entitled to government support. And I know plenty of clubs who, who, who are getting that. The other thing is they're often volunteer-run, so they don't have huge fixed costs. Uh, it's clearly a worrying time because they're often big parts of the local community and it's the fans who miss out and miss on going going to matches they they want to be playing football again at least fans higher up can see their teams on television or on ice stream 
hopefully non-league will be back playing soon because the season's sort of a quarter done and I wonder when it's going to get done with this massive pause. Next question from 2105. <laughs> How much do the players enjoy playing under Rowley? Seems to be a good team spirit developing. Right, do you know who Ollie is? Ollie. Um, yeah. Go on, do you know who he is? <laughs> what, what are you saying? Is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager of Manchester United, which is supposed to be the football team you support. Do you know any songs about him? Yeah. Have you ever sung that in a game? Yeah. You've been to a one away game, haven't you? Yeah. Arsenal away in the cup. Yeah. And all the boys crowded around you and sang. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. And do you want to go in the future, little one? Yeah. When you're a bit older? Mm-hmm. If you're a good girl. So the players um, are enjoying playing under Ollie Gunner, partly because. There's not a lot of conflict. The team are winning. And if a team are winning, that that is the, the perfect medicine for any football team, for any football club. You can see that in the mood among fans. It's not as exaggerated inside the dressing room. Um, the players don't call for the manager to be sacked if the team drop points. But they are badly disappointed. I was told a story that after the game at Leicester a few weeks ago, the players were flawed because they felt they'd done enough to win. And that winning away run came to an end and they were disappointed with that. And I like that. I want them to be proud of of their records and go on to win records, break records, to win trophies. I'm not going to say now that every player is delighted because there will always be players in any squad who think that they should be playing for more minutes. And that will be the same at, at Manchester United. You'll have players who have good and bad days, good and bad games. But on balance, from what I understand... Uh, the mood is decent. Uh, they always feel that the manager's door's open. Uh, the staff do as well. There's a big staff there. There's lots of specialists being brought in in different areas. And I wrote a big piece at the start of the season for 442, um, explaining a lot of what was going on behind the scenes. But the timing of it was terrible because it came out that the first week of the season. And United had a really bad start to the season and people just switched off to what I'd written. And it came from like nine or ten different sources with inside the club. Um, but one thing they said was results will improve and they have improved. And now I've got the situation, what United are in, which is, uh, which is a, a far healthier one with the team near the top of the league. Next question. No, I can't answer the horse one. Not in front of you two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what the horse one is and I'm not telling you (laughs) what the horse one is. Right, what's this one? Are you looking forward to not being heckled by locals tomorrow night? Right, so someone's put a tweet which I put out in, I think, 2015 where I said, a very angry man just poked his head out of the Burnley bus window, looked at me and screamed, get a... Bath, you dirty Blackburn bastard. So I went to cover Burnley-Blackburn, the East Lancashire rivalry. I've done it a few times now. First time I went in 2005, I spent 
a day speaking to various people from hooligans of clubs. I spent a few, uh, an hour with the, the police commander in charge of the game. There were 8,000 away fans and then I went back there a few years later. And the Burnley fans were brought in on buses down the M65 and the police cleared all the roads. But because I, was a, I had a journalist pass, I was allowed to stand there and watch these buses come in. And they were like double-decker public buses. And that's when one of the Burnley fans just came out the window and shouted, get a bath, you dirty Blackburn bastard. Um, I don't think there was much point in pointing out that I'm not uh, from Blackburn and that I had had a bath. The next question, I'm not letting my daughter read this, is from Remon. Would you have the COVID vaccine if they had to inject it into your Jap's eye? Um, geez, how do you think of stuff like this? I, I will have the vaccine when I'm called and I'm allowed to have the vaccine. Thank you, Remo. Uh, next one from Christopher Kennedy. Why do Americans pronounce the first T in Antarctica? Why don't Americans pronounce the first T in Antarctica? Good on that, isn't it? And al aluminium, Americans don't pronounce that correctly either, do they? Uh, how do Americans say aluminium? Al right, I'm not going to do it. And what's the next part? Yeah. Oh, right, I'll, I'll answer that. Can we please sign Sergio Ramos? We need a shit house. Um, I think United's defence... I think it's, it, it, it's... That City game last week was really interesting because you had Ruben Diaz, who was a better defender than... United central defenders and John Stones as well. And on not even able to get in that team was Aymeric Laporte, the, the Basque defender, who's a world-class defender. So maybe City have scouted a little bit smarter than United over the past six or seven years. Fernandinho had the edge over Fred, his former teammate from, from Ukraine. And Ruben Diaz was Lindelof's replacement at Benfica. He was the man who directly replaced him in 2017. And when you saw the game last week, and it is only one game, but I spoke to some City fans and said he's just been brilliant lately. He's younger. And, you know, Maguire and Lindelof, the decent players. Baye's a decent player. But are they Rio and, and Vidic? Well, they're not at that level yet. Uh, next question. So, Sergio Ramos, I mean, I think he's too old now. I'll tell you what, a few years ago, he, he or his brother um, instructed a couple of journalists, well, he just told them that my brother wants to sign for Manchester United. And that's why you saw the stories about it. So the source was a good one. It came from the Ramos family. And United obviously were interested in signing Sergio Ramos. And all the paperwork was put, put in. And Real Madrid went on tour to China. And all that was needed was Sergio Ramos to go and tell the president, Florentino Perez, that he wanted to leave Real Madrid. And Manchester United were absolutely under the impression that this was going to happen and that Ramos would be coming to Old Trafford. Uh, Ramos went into a meeting with uh, Perez and came out having agreed a new contract at Real Madrid. So I think United are really wary about being used... As, as, as a mistress, as, as a club to get a better wage deal. But obviously United will always be interested in world-class players. Ramos has been brilliant, but it, it, it's, it's Cavani here. You know, he's, he's, a, he's still a brilliant player, still one of the best defenders in the world. Uh, but I don't think it's a good idea for United to be filling the team full of such players 
Uh, I, I agreed with the signing of, of Cavani. Um, but I mean, but, but I think Eric Bailly's been doing well. He's just he's just got to stay injury free, which is his struggle to do. Uh, next question from Gibler Mendelez, who's an anonymous uh, on Twitter. Is it frustrating when com- commentators commentators pronounce our Brazilian midfielder midfielder's name as Fred rather than Freddy? Well, you can speak Portuguese. Freddy. 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 He's from Belo Horizonte. Belo Horizonte. Belo Horizonte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, English commentators pronounce his name wrong. He's not called Fred, he's called Freddy. But I suppose they'd be ridiculed if they pronounced it as such. Um, how would you pronounce it, little one? Fred or Freddy? Freddy. Would you? Who is Fred? Do you not know? He's a football player. Mm. Who does he play for? Non-United. Mm, what, which other English football teams do you know? Do you know? Have you ever heard of a team called Liverpool, the Scousers? Yes. Yeah. The Scousers and the League. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you saying? What? I didn't say anything. Have you ever seen the Scousers win the League? That's what you sang that time, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, they have won the League, unfortunately. United are playing against Liverpool. This weekend at Anfield, it's first v second in the the Premier League. Who do you think is going to win the game at Anfield? Liverpool or United? United. What score? <laughs> You're not sure. Who do you think is going to win the game? United. What score? Well, actually, I don't know. Liverpool, probably. Well, well you've just said United and Liverpool. You can't change your mind. Which team <laughs> do you think is going to win? United or Liverpool, or it can be a draw. A draw. And what do you think? I do. Are you copying your big sister? No. So the new United We Stand uh, came out today, Tuesday. All the copies were mailed out, direct from our printers. I know loads of them arrived already. I know some of them are going to take a lot longer to arrive because the postal system is far from being 100% at the moment. That's for several reasons. Um... The infrastructure's been shrunk down. There are fewer flights, for example, leaving the UK. So if you're waiting to get a copy anywhere outside, um, well, even even in Northern Ireland, there are fewer flights to Northern Ireland, but anywhere outside the UK, it's taking much, much longer. Some are arriving in no time. Others are taking up to four weeks, to Ireland, four weeks. So I'm sorry about that. There's not a lot we can do. The other problem we've got is, as well as putting the mail prices up, uh, the number of staff working in the various delivery companies, uh, including Royal Mail, is down because of COVID, because a percentage of the workforce is not able to, to work. And the other problem is that the demand for those services is shot through the roof during the lockdown because um, people are sending more packages. What we can't do, unfortunately... I, I, we can't be Amazon. We can't guarantee next day delivery. We're a small publication. We're paying a lot of money for the mags to be posted out. 95% of them are arriving, no problem at all. But even the 5% is a considerable number. So just be patient on this one. You can, of course, download the new United We Stand uh, issue of United We Stand. There's loads of good content in there, loads of original stuff in there. We know there's loads of free stuff on the internet. What we do is the opposite of that. You'll learn new stuff. And go to our website, uwsonline.com, click on subscribe, and you can see the options there for the digital um, 
versions of United We Stand. We know most of you, of you prefer printed, but if you're not going to get printed, then a cheaper option is to get the digital option and you can still read what we do, what we work hard to do, um, what we've tried to keep going during the pandemic, even though we can't sell the mag at, at the ground and also in the shops at the moment. Um, came through um, an airport and a train station the other day and I saw piles of United We Stand there, but there's no customers to buy them, so it's a difficult time. So we're getting loads of support from you, and we appreciate that, but the new mag is out. If you don't laugh out loud at least three times reading it, then we'll give you your money back. So we'll get another podcast on soon. Uh, after Liverpool at the weekend, and Liverpool the following weekend, and we'll try and be at those, those games as, as a journalist. Although, as you heard at the start of this podcast, it's nothing like the same as what it normally is. Until next time, goodbye.